0: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, Hoopsheads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Thursday, March 1st. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Apologies for the late pod today. It's been a busy day, been all around the place and out in that rain. I hope y'all are enjoying it. It seems like, at least for Northern California, the drought is lessening. So that's good for us, though it doesn't really make for fun going outside. Another dub for the dubs last night, a great win in Washington, D.C. Kevin Durant with 32 big points. Stephen Curry added 25, and we'll get to that in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to go back in time. And we're going to look at Stephen Curry's numbers from the 2015 Finals because, uh, to be honest, I just think he really gets overlooked. I'm one of those people who thought he deserved to get the Finals MVP over Andre Iguodala. In 2015, he was the best player on the team that won, Uh, and, uh, you know, Andre held LeBron to a near triple-double, but, and, of course, changed the whole series when he was inserted into the starting lineup in Game 4, but... Uh, Stephen Curry does everything for the Warriors, and the whole system is built around him. So we're going to go back in time and look at that series and just look at, though, even though he wasn't transcendent, we're going to look at how good he really was. And then in the third segment, I was going to talk about some pieces I have coming out. Uh, unfortunately, one of those pieces is still embargoed uh, until a few days from now, so I can't discuss it. But there was a piece that I wrote uh, specifically about Stephen Curry attending the Kaiser Permanente total health forum which is a conference led by kaiser permanente and the nba that focuses on total health mind body and spirit very interesting stuff and he's down there in atlanta uh because he's playing tomorrow so you know can go to the thing he's a celebrity endorser of kp and is doing some great work with the organization so i'm going to discuss that and also get into kevin durant's 10 million dollar gift which was showcased last night on ESPN, $10 million to create the Kevin Durant Center in his hometown in Maryland, just north of D.C. Like I said in the last podcast, that's a ton of money. These guys aren't just sitting idly by while their communities are, you know, coming under fire. You know, you've got A ton of issues which affect youth obviously you know there's intersectionality there with all these issues that they're dealing with Steph with uh, mental health awareness and total health awareness and KD with making sure that uh, communities that are steeped in poverty uh, give kids opportunities to experience things that NBA players can experience and experience things that kids in more affluent areas can experience you know. It's really about the kids at the end of the day. And it's about a message. You know, we came from where you are and we're not forgetting about you. um, And we want to be role models to you. One thing that I'll talk about in the third segment is I've just, you know, with LeBron at the lead, I'm loving the leadership that we're seeing just pushing back against, you know, some of the rhetoric coming out of the current administration. Um, But, you know, I'd love to see more including fighting for more institutional changes so that Kevin Durant doesn't have to give $10 million of his own money to create a situation that's equitable for black and brown kids from the hood. Compared with the kind of schools that I went to, my mom sent me to private school, uh, and she sacrificed, you know, and not everybody has the ability to do that. You know, it, it shouldn't take a $10 million gift from Kevin Durant for these kinds of situations to become more equitable. It should be coming from the top. It should be coming from our leadership So I'd like to see more of that. So we'll get into that in the third segment. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all my new listeners. If you don't know me, I am a huge Warriors fan, born and raised in Oakland, California. I write sportsforforbes.com, and I've written for Bleacher Report in the past. I focus on the Warriors issues of uh, the intersection of business, sports, and community impacts. You know, stuff like foundations, philanthropic work, uh, partner NBA partner activations, etc., I've been a credentialed reporter at practices and games, and every now and then I get a nice little exclusive, so that's, uh, that's always fun, talking to NBA players, talking to the Warriors. It's really a treat what I get to do. Uh, in my off time, when I'm not doing this podcast and writing sports, I am a development consultant for nonprofits. I work with organizations that focus on issues like disadvantaged youth programming, HIV-AIDS awareness, uh, police brutality... And mass incarceration. I love my day job. And uh, if you have questions about that or just want to talk hoops, you can hit me up at Carter 11 at gmail.com. That's a l-i-k-o-carter11 at gmail.com or on Twitter at Kojitare K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E. I also tweet from locked on dubs. You can get this podcast anywhere podcasts are available, iOS, Android, Spotify and at lockedonwarriors.com. Make sure you bookmark that page. You can also get this podcast on Facebook and make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on Facebook for the now five day a week Locked On NBA podcast. It's a bite sized view of the NBA for you every single day with the biggest stories from the local experts. And now that I've talked your ear off, let's talk about this game. Another good game from the Warriors, another good game from the big three, so to speak, the big three scorers that we have, including Kevin Durant, who led the way. But Stephen Curry, I predicted, might have a big game. And I was talking with David Locke, the founder of the Locked On Podcast Network, yesterday, and he said that big game from a couple of years ago, the 51-point outing with Obama in the audience, was... Called by Jay Billis, it was a crossover, the ESPN crossover that they do before March Madness. And Jay Billis really, really did not have good things to say about Stephen Curry when he was was being scouted before he was drafted 7th overall by the Warriors in 2009. And so that game came from that. Like, you didn't think I was that great, Jay Billis? Or he, well, here's how great I actually am. Eat your words. And you gotta wonder, you know, if he carries that chip around, you know, from all the way back in 2009, then he must bristle at those undefeated commercials, uh, excuse me, uninterrupted commercials with Carrie uh, Champion, LeBron and KD in the Uber where they're where they're talking about being the two best players I think that's a little sizest, a little heightist you know uh you know you're talking about a guy who's done something that nobody else has done made 400 three-pointers in the season maybe will never be replicated and who has defenses in conniption fits in a way that no small player has ever had that kind of impact you know, I in the past, I've talked about it, and the way I see it is Stephen Curry is the most anomalous player, the most anomalous player since Shaquille O'Neal in the sense that defenses have to warp to uh, address his presence. And Kevin Durant is a very, very, very good basketball player. He's the best scorer in the league and is one of the all-time greatest players ever. Uh, but Stephen Curry, I think you know, he feels he's very good at basketball. He has to be in that conversation. So I wonder if they've had a a conversation on the side where it's just like, yo, you think you're that good and everything, but I'm still Steph. If so, I wonder how playfully that plays out in practice and, and stuff like that. I'm sure that there's no, you know, hard feelings or anything like that. You're supposed to think you're the best, especially when you're as good as Steph or KD, but, uh, Steph, I imagine, bristled at the conversation that was had inside that Uber. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy, golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at Surface.com/slash Laptop Go. Three blocked jump shots in this game, that's three shots if you haven't heard of my drinking game. Whenever the Warriors block a jump shot, it means you take a drink. It's not going to get you drunk, but it'll get you tipsy. Except last night, if you're a small person, it might have gotten you drunk. And for all my non-drinkers out there, it's okay, I didn't take drinks either. But it's fun when you're actually playing, especially on a on a night like last night. Draymond blocked a jump shot, I believe Andre blocked a jump shot. Nick Young might have blocked one, I'm not sure, but ten blocks... Overall, excuse me, eight blocks overall for the Warriors, right at their average, and 10 steals. One thing I'd like to see the Warriors work on is recovering after a block. Too many times the offense recovers after a block, gets its own rebound for an offensive rebound, and gets an easy basket. And the Warriors were hurt by offensive rebounds in the game, allowing 18 offensive rebounds and 32 defensive for 50 total. They were out-rebounded by 14, only three offensive rebounds for the Dubs. One from Clay, one from Andre, and one from David West. But the Wizards had a field day, and it led to, you know, open three-pointers. That's what happens. You you get open three-pointers. Overall, the Warriors' defense was good, holding the Wiz to 40% shooting and 34% from three. So like I said, some of those were open three-pointers. They made 11 of 32. Otto Porter was hot, 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 10 of 17 from the field and four of six from three with 10 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and he had 29 points. He was big. He was their best player last night. Kelly Oubre had 17 points. And I want to give credit to Klay Thompson. Obviously, the Wiz were on the second night of a back-to-back. They didn't get into Washington until 3 a.m., but Klay Thompson held Bradley Beal to eight points, and Brad didn't really come alive at all, but like, really kind of more in the later part of the game did he really make any impact whatsoever. And so when you take a team's best player and you lock him down like that, that was the key to the game for me yesterday, to deny Brad the ball and just keep him in check, and they did very, very good job. I think this is an example of a typical Warriors game that we want to see. All three guys getting their shots up. Klay Thompson only took 11 shots, but he was 3 of 6 from 3, 5 of 11 from the field, did a good job. Stephen Curry didn't shoot it particularly well, but he was 4 of 9 from 3. And there were only 15 turnovers. The Warriors shot 52% from the field and 42% from from three and that's a recipe for a win keep the turnovers down make sure you don't allow offensive rebounds which they did not do which is why the game was so close play really good defense and shoot the lights out that's what the Warriors do they pass the ball extremely well and just got to work on rebounding the ball as a team better now I want to get to the next segment we're talking Stephen Curry uh, in the 2015 finals uh, and in my opinion deserving of the finals MVP from that season scoring in six games against the Cleveland Cavaliers, 26, 19, 27, 22, 37, and 25 in the clincher. He led the team, he scored 26 points a game in the finals, and his team won the series in six. You gotta go back to the highlights to see how good he really was, though. He was bottled up. You know, they were doing all of the all the tricks in the book they had to, to, to keep him from going off. And yet he still got his points. His the game two being the worst game of the series for him, and that game still went to overtime. What we saw with Andre Iguodala was peak Andre in terms of the craftiness that he brings to defending people. He obviously just knew LeBron's tendencies inside and out, and LeBron was still able to be the best player on the floor, to average nearly a triple-double, and to almost steal this uh, title for Cleveland. It was a stroke of desperation and a stroke of genius to add Igadala to the starting lineup and, you know, use the death lineup from the very beginning. But without Stephen Curry, the Warriors have no offense in that series, and it's as simple as that. Uh, So Steph's my MVP from the finals in 2015, and let's go a little bit deeper into his numbers. Led the playoffs in win shares that season with 3.9, not LeBron James in the finals he averaged 26.0 5.2 and 6.3 for comparison Andre Iguodala averaged 16.3 5.8 and 4.0 so just uh you know across the board comparable or better with 1.8 steals to boot obviously Andre Iguodala like i said defensively so 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 important but curry was playing more minutes than every other person on the team by far 42 and a half minutes a game nobody else played more than 37 and was counted on for big shot after big shot and like did he have really good shooting numbers no he didn't but did he make timely baskets oh you guys remember game five game five was his coming out party and obviously he had 37 points in that game and had matthew Della vedova on skates uh, but that was just one of many many highlights and the importance that he brought to the playoffs and to the team like the Warriors dominance is built around Stephen Curry's ability to shift defenses and warp defenses like I said in the first segment and without that the Warriors are just a regular team Steph makes them less regular he makes them more anomalous installing Steve Kerr's egalitarian system with the ball shifting and moving constantly made that anomaly nigh unstoppable And the whole NBA is trying to figure out how to combat the Warriors since this season and since that nearly unstoppable juggernaut that LeBron almost stopped because he's LeBron and because they had a good defensive scheme against the Warriors as a whole, and a good offensive scheme. Slow slow it down. Don't let the Warriors run out. Pound the ball. Pound the ball. Now they're trying to run with the Warriors. It's not going to work. It didn't work last year. Pounding the ball works. It worked in 2015 for two wins, and it worked in 2016 for the whole championship. But I digress. I would say, you know, following up to that comment, you know, about Jay Billis, and Stephen Curry in 2015-2016, I would say that the whole 2015-2016 season might have been a response to not winning finals MVP. Just like, oh, y'all don't think I'm that good? I'm that good. And then, you know, would have won finals MVP if the Warriors had won in 2015-2016. And of course, KD was transcendent, but Stephen Curry had one of the best finals ever ever. In 2017, and we can't forget that Stephen Curry is one of the best players and certainly the best shooter to ever pick up a basketball. So, my last point on this subject is basically if you're not gonna give it to Stephen Curry, you're gonna give it to the guy who guarded the best player, just give it to the best player, give it to LeBron. Um, you know, that's that's really all I have to say about that. Stephen Curry was the by far best player in 2015, 20, uh, 2014, 2015 on the winning team and deserved finals mvp that's throwback thursday now really quickly i want to talk to you about sponsoring the locked on warriors podcast if your company is looking to men between the ages of 18 and 44 you need look no further than locked on warriors podcasts are hot right now and smart advertisers are looking to podcasts to get their products out to the people Locked On Warriors is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. That's a connected male audience. If that's what you're looking for, send me an email at alicocarter11 at gmail.com, and I'll hit you with all the details. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm, here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. (laughs) I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I do want to get you out on time, but really quickly, I want to talk about Stephen Curry joining Kaiser Permanente and the NBA, the WNBA. Uh, and a lot of other stakeholders for the Total Health Forum in Atlanta. And specifically, I want to talk about mental health. I'll get there in a second. The keynote speaker at this event was Layla Ali. Other high-profile attendees and speakers included the Kaiser Permanente CEO, Bernard J. Tyson, the NBA Deputy Commissioner, Mark Tatum. I guess Adam couldn't make it. WNBA President Lisa Borders and NBA Cares Ambassador Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. Um, As well as representatives from the Centers for Disease Control and Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. So this was a big deal. It's the third annual event that they're doing, Total Health, Mind, Body, and Spirit. And Steph was there to talk about his experiences as well as how important it is to destigmatize mental health. And so I want to give you a few of his quotes talking about mental health. Asked what he would do if a family member or friend confided in him about their mental health status, he said, As lonely as they might feel in that moment, I'd try to help them see that there are plenty of other people going through similar things and that there are people who can help them through it. I might not have all the answers, but if they have the willingness to open up and be honest about the situation and seek that help, I would hope that there would be somebody I knew or somebody I could connect with or even somebody I could reach out to on their behalf to bridge that gap. As we know, Royce White has dealt with these issues in the past and is working very hard to destigmatize mental health issues. And DeMar DeRozan just announced his mental health status. He deals with depression. Depression is something that a lot of Americans have to deal with. And Steph is one of the most high profile players and sports stars in the world is doing a great service in helping to destigmatize that issue. It's really about empathy at the end of the day. As lonely as they might feel, he said, I'd want to help them see that there are plenty of other people going through it. So even if you yourself aren't dealing with a mental illness, you know somebody who is. We all do. And there is solidar- there can be solidarity there once we get these issues out of the dark and into the light. And he's setting an example as a parent as well, teaching his kids the value of emotional intelligence. We want our kids to feel like, he said, if they have anything going on, anything that they're dealing with, then we can meet them halfway and help them through it while also allowing their personality and identity to shine through it all. So he and Aisha want Riley and Ryan and baby number three to to be themselves, to express themselves, to learn how to express themselves productively and also to form individual identities and that's part of total health and it's important that we understand that health is about prevention health is about mental health health is about mind body and spirit and Steph and KP Kaiser Permanente are working together to spread that message through the lens of the NBA and sports busy guy Steph he did this event today he's got the game against the Hawks tomorrow and then they get to come home for a nice little Homestand, exciting for the whole team. And just another quick note on Kevin Durant's $10 million gift. I would just say that I'd like to live in a world where kids don't depend on the generosity of really cool rich people. There was an article that came out a few months ago In ESPN's The Undefeated, called How the Warriors Became the Wokest Team in Pro Sports. And they're pretty woke, I'll give them that. Them, the Philadelphia Eagles, there's a lot of teams that are out there talking about important issues, you know, NCAA players being paid, fighting back against the Trump administration. But I'd love to see more of a focus on institutional change. And that being basically like the NBA does care, but it shouldn't be incumbent on the NBA and its players to try to put band-aids on issues that systems are the cause of. We should be focusing on systems change. And, you know, if you asked a guy like Jalen Brown, who's one of the smartest guys in the league uh, around these issues, I think he'd agree with you. Um, I'd love to hear LeBron expound on the ways systems keep neighborhoods in Akron and Oakland and all over the country from, you know, breaking out of their cycles of poverty. If you want to discuss any of these issues with me, feel free to send me an email. Like I said, Carter 11 at gmail.com. That's about as much time as we have for today. Definitely tune in tomorrow. Miles Johnson will be joining us. And we're going to be talking about the Atlanta Hawks, who are not very good and might even be tanking, but are still extremely well coached and get a good win every now and then. And so the Warriors are going to have to have their heads on a swivel. We're also going to shortly discuss the game against the Wizards because Miles favors the Wizards. That's his chosen team. He is from D.C., and I want to get his thoughts on that game. And then we're also going to go down the Reddit hole. So definitely a good show tomorrow. Real quick, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention James Harden and his very nice crossover on Wesley Johnson last night. Very nice. And then he stared him down, made the three. That was kind of awesome, and I'll give give Harden credit for that. Some good games tonight, Philadelphia is in Cleveland on TNT, and the Timberwolves are at Portland. Happy almost Friday, make sure you stay tuned in for tomorrow's show, and stay thoughtful Hoops Heads.